2 has entered the podcast. Welcome back, people, to Player 2 Has Entered the Podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks. And with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek Mergerson, a.k.a. The Merc Man. Derek, how have you been? It's been quite an eventful week, if I do say so myself, for gaming news. Yeah, man, I've been pretty good. I cannot complain. All the news has been just pouring in, and I was just really excited to get to Saturday so we could talk about it. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. I think we I think we got a good show today. I'm feeling a little awkward, I gotta say, in the beginning of the episode five because I made a I made a grave error in episode Uh-oh. four. What have you done? Oh, I fucked up, Derek. I gotta own up to it. I told Jesus. everybody I oh, I told everybody that Dragon's Dogma the net on Netflix had already yeah. come out and it hadn't. You son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> I know. Shame. Shame. It turns out it did come out on the seventeenth. Or it will come out on the 17th. <laughs> there you go again. <laughs> but <laughs> it's going to come out September 17th. So y'all got to wait. I'm sorry. But in the meantime... You're all man, three months off. We'll, we'll touch on a few more deals. But in the meantime, if you were so happen to want to buy Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen to get ready for this show, you could buy it half off on the eShop. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. And do I recommend it? Yes, I do. Although I wonder if Dark Arisen, and I don't think it does... For those who are really interested in the fact that if, you, if you're a Berserk fan like I am and you want to get the Berserk anime armor from that quest, if you can get that from the Dark Arisen version or you have to get the original version, I should look that up. If, if you're not a Berserk fan, then whatever, it doesn't matter. But for right. me, that's one of the reasons why I'm glad I, I bought that game when it first came out before they re-released it with extra junk. In the trunk. All up in that trunk, girl. So I was, I've been doing a lot of podcast listening. In fact, one of the things I'm feeling this week is a, is a podcast. We'll get to that later, of course. I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about just working hard, putting yourself out there, kind of branding yourself, that type of thing. And that's, that's themed up for us, I think, or it's relevant to us because, you know, you're, you're out there doing your store. You got some big news about your store, which I won't ruin. I'll let you share that here in a, here in a bit. You know, I'm doing this podcast. I'm, I'm stepping up at work. Like, I'm leading the gaming community at my job. It's like over 500 people doing a podcast for them. And I remember last week, last weekend was particularly busy. I had, we, we did our spoiler cast. We did a regular episode. So I edited both of those. I, I do a monthly podcast for work, and it happened to land on that weekend. So I did that. I added an extra streaming day. You know, streaming, you know, three or four hours. I think it was four hours. Goodness, on, on Saturday. Wow. And then, of course, my regular stream on Sunday. So I was, I was booked. 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 And when I have a bunch of responsibilities or things that I need to do or things I need to get done, like that, you know, are work-related or just actual work or work-adjacent, at the end of it, especially if it takes up a weekend, I get really dejected and really upset, and I feel like my time has been stolen from me. And I get those Sunday night blues where I go, oh, I got to go back to work this week, and I didn't get any, I didn't get any relaxing or me time in. I mean, when I was young, I had real bad depression, and video games kind of helped mitigate that. I was able to kind of reset, you know what I mean, and kind of mm-hmm. unplug. I'm a little introverted with extroverted skills, if that makes sense. Oh, so no. yeah. I can be an extrovert, but it drains me a little faster than other people. And that was just a way for me to kind of isolate and reset. And I didn't get a whole lot of time to play games outside of the stream, which is a very different feeling. You know, I wouldn't call it relaxing. It's fun, but but at the end of the weekend... I didn't feel that. I felt okay. I mean, yeah, I was tired, and I was like, ooh, I'm glad all that's over. But I felt a different kind of 
fatigue, a different kind of feeling. I felt fulfilled and I felt purposeful. And I felt like I was being more like myself. And I think that's really the goal and something that I'm, I'm happy I'm getting closer to. And maybe you can relate to this, but I feel like, and I think it takes a while. I think we're all constantly chasing authenticity. But mm-hmm. I think if you can get to that version of yourself that's more like you and you can, you know, live like that and incorporate that into your endeavors, I think it makes a huge difference, you know. And I think that might be part of why I was feeling positive about being so busy and having so much of my time taken up by, you know, various pursuits. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? No, I totally agree with you, man. It's hard to kind of just go through life with no real purpose. And when you find something that you can put your time into, it really makes a difference of how you, your outlook on life and your outlook on yourself as a person. And the same thing with me, man, when I was working nine to five or whatever crazy hours I was working, I just would come home every day, just exhausted and felt like I didn't really contribute much to the world, to myself. Like you're running in place. Right. And now I've got my own thing and I'm able to provide a different type of life for myself and my family. So you do have to find ways to feel like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. I feel like if we're constantly pursuing that, even if we don't try quite achieve it, I think that that the effort and the journey in itself is, is the fulfilling part. So Mm -hmm. I feel you on that. Well, let me ask you, how how was, yeah, oh, we're going deep on episode five, straight out the gate, baby. I was going to ask you, (laughs) how how was your week? Did you do anything interesting? You got any news to share? We've got our website. It's fully up, gamergoodiesandmore.com. We've got our Twitter and our Instagram up as well. I will plug those at the end, but I'm just really excited for where things are going for the business. And you had mentioned earlier that you got a chance to check out Warrior Nun. What'd you think? Like you said, it was very CW-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you did not tell me the shotgun mirror was black. That was a nice surprise. Uh, Although that information, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Although her acting was not that great. It gets a little better. I hope it does. Consider her the parrot uh, of the show. Yeah, what I saw of it, it just... Honestly, it was kind of a slog for me to get through that first episode, man. That's I just I had I had nothing to do. I was just like, you know what? Let me throw on the Warrior Nun. Mm. Oh my God, what you said last week about them playing inappropriate songs at inappropriate moments, right? Just because they have the license to it, right? It made no sense. Why is this nun playing a Frank Ocean song on the piano? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It makes zero sense. And they all gather around like, yeah, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, play that shit. <laughs> I mean, there's Amazing Grace and all these other hits that we have, but whatever, do you? Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I mean, you could the you could almost you could peel it back a little bit and see the executives behind the frame just being like, Yeah, for the kids. And <laughs> that that did bother me. But what carried me through the first couple episodes was just the curiosity of okay, what is this order? What 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 do the demons look like? You know, like, and I don't know how you feel about the main character because she is a little corny, definitely. But she's, yeah. I don't know. She, I found her endearing personally, even if uh, she was kind of a dork. It, it made sense that she was a dork because she was a paraplegic who lived in a Catholic hospital since she was like seven, pretty much through, oh, her, yeah. through her entire adolescence. Yeah, and that nun nurse was a bitch. Oh, you have straight up. You have no idea. 
I bet I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you get a chance, like, I, I hate to do this because I hate when people do this in video games. Like, if you could just get past the first five hours. Right. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I know that you've had that conversation, too, because there's a lot of, I think, JRPGs that are like that. But Oh, yeah. I will say with that. Those with, it's past the first ten hours. <laughs> yeah, right. I will say that you don't have to go five hours with this because each episode is, what, around 45 minutes? Yeah, about 50 about 50 minutes so i feel like as it goes on it gets more interesting i was i was there for it like i was kind of watching it in the background while i was working for the first two three episodes and then by episode four i was i was committed i was like okay this is getting interesting and episode four i think is the one that david Hayter actually wrote Um, okay i don't know if he wrote others but i know he wrote that one because that's where i saw him naming the credits and all that so Yeah, yeah, no, if you end up watching any more of it, let me know what you think. But if you don't, I completely understand. We all have precious, precious little free time. All right. Speaking of precious, precious little free time, let's get into what we're playing. You had mentioned that you would have more time to get into Last of Us 2. How'd that go? I did get into Last of Us 2 more. Beginning of this week, actually, I think I played it for about two hours. Mm. And it's weird because I do love the game, but it's coming off to me like, just a rehash of the first game as far as gameplay and i kind of hit a snag where i was i thought to myself do i want to keep playing this game do i want to beat it Mm. you know Mm. yeah i got over that today because i hopped back on for about an hour and then some new crazy stuff was happening i was like okay i'm gonna play i'm gonna go ahead and play this yeah yeah we're (laughs) back in business uh you don't have to worry about me not finishing it i really want to have this game finished in the next couple weeks because i'm really tired of being on every week talking about playing the last of us but (laughs) you know it is what it is i actually did end up playing a couple of other games this week Uh, yeah i know it's crazy let's see the first game i played i picked up off the playstation summer sale which we'll talk about later but uh blaze blue cross tag battle okay if you have not heard of blaze blue it is a japanese anime style fighting game and it's made by Arc System Works, the same people that make Guilty Gear and Dragon Ball Fighters. Okay. And Dragon Ball Fighters <clears throat> be on sale a lot too, don't it? Oh yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters is always on sale. I keep, it's I, I keep eyeballing that. Yeah, I know. I keep eyeballing it's that. It's so good. Like, is it today the day I buy it? I never do, but yeah, uh, it's it's so it's it's really good, especially if you're a Dragon Ball fan. But yeah. uh, yeah, Blaze Blue I played through the first scenario, which is the Blaze Blue scenario, which is basically the story mode. Normally with anime games especially anime fighting games, the story modes are meh, but the dubbing of this is actually really good and quite comedic, and the writing actually had me laughing quite a few times, and that's something I don't really do. Is, during... it, like, is it like Disgaea punchy? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you, I could tell. Is it less okay, meta? Because so... like with Disgaea, it's always like, I'm going to call you mid-boss. Mid-boss, I'm <laughs> way stronger than that. Yeah, no, it's not It's not that meta. But, not goofy. Uh, it's, okay. the, the premise of the game is that different characters from these different video games are brought together to fight in this tag team tournament interesting so yeah so when you see characters from blaze blue and there's characters from persona and ruby and they're actually talking to each other and you can see the personalities of those characters from their games shown in this one as they're interacting with different characters from different games it's just interesting to me that is cool you know? i didn't know there were persona yeah. characters or other video game characters in blaze blue i guess that's well the, the cross the, part is about yeah right 
Yeah, man, it's it's really uh interesting and fun. The combat is pretty basic for an arc system game, mm-hmm. but I found it really enjoyable. And the other game that I played was another arc system fighting game. It's called Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. I know nothing about the Grand Blue Fantasy franchise. They love I blue, just know though, that... don't they? Right. <laughs> I just know that this game is going to be one of the harder games to find on PS4. I guarantee it. It's probably going to be one of those $100 games in the future because I feel like it has a low print run and nobody's really... It's really niche, mm. you know. But uh, I played a little bit of it. I'm kind of feeling Blaze Blue a little more, but mm. I'll play it a little more and see what's what's what. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. So I actually had some stuff to talk about, so that's cool. Cool. Well, you heard it here first, folks, from an expert. Derek says that Grand Blue is going to be that next pricey PS4 title. So if you see that bad boy in the wild, snatch it up. Yes. Okay, well, I started Ghosts of Tsushima. Tsushima. Ghost! Ghost of... Ghost. I, I know I always want to do a plural. <laughs> right. There are many ghosts. So there will be ghosts. many ghosts by the end of the game. I mean, man, if you've seen that opening, <laughs> there probably are a lot of ghosts on that island. The, the opening was just a big old war. Most of the samurai get wiped out. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm at this point, I've played it Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. I even started a new profile and played a little bit. Uh, just because I was wanting to play it for funsies and I didn't want to, you know, advance my main file. Right. It it's good. It's really good. And and the thing about the game is it starts off a little basic. Like they really limit your toolkit to just honor and a sword, mm-hmm. and that's all you honor. Have. Yeah, yeah. As in, I won't stab anybody in the back. That's not honorable. And then later on, they're like, but there are hostages that they'll kill. Okay. And I Fine. love stabby, I love stabby. that. Your stealth starts off kind of clunky. Like, you learn a stealth skill through a mission with a, a friend, and it takes you extra long to kill somebody. Like, this isn't like Assassin's Creed where you go stab, and then you move on. And, you know, you can upgrade your your dagger so that way you can get faster stealth kills. But that first stealth kill is so messy. I thought it was really mm. good thematically for his character. And he even has flashbacks to his uncle telling him what a piece of shit he is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he'll have a flashback like, You do not look your enemy in the eye. That is a coward's way. And he's like, sorry, uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Off but, to kill more guys, man. But the thing is, he tried. He tried he, he tried to save his uncle, and he tried to go up against the leader of the Mongol honor directly. And he got just his ass handed to him. And this is all just the intro, right? Yeah, I'm not ruining much. I mean, this okay. is... This I was is... like, spoilers! No, 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 no. <laughs> Trust me. Like, I mean, it's called Ghost of Tsushima. And you can already... Tell, like, you're going around Japan, like, fighting Mongols in a war-torn, you know, area of Japan, like that island. And No, the mm-hmm. only thing that was a surprise to me was exactly what happened, like, to with this motivation. I knew that somebody was either killed or kidnapped, right? And mm-hmm. that he was trying to save them. And that's pretty much it, you know? All right. So the way that combat opens up and you're able to learn new sword stances, there's a sword stance that's good for people with swords, and that's what you start with. Then you can learn a sword stance that is good for people with shields, good for people with spears, and then finally good for just really big dudes, right? Really big, like, beefy brawler types, which I haven't unlocked that stance yet. You got kunai that you can throw and all these ghost weapons, you know, that would help you with, with being sneaky, smoke bombs, which I saw, there's this guy that he makes gaming gifts online. He was actually highlighted by Kotaku. He made one of Ghost of Tsushima, 
and I decided to follow him because I thought it was actually really interesting. He threw down a smoke bomb, like he jumped off his horse, threw down a smoke bomb, and then all of a sudden everybody couldn't see, so he was able to do stealth kills even though he rode up into a group of enemies. Mm -hmm. It was really tight. And if you want to look up his account to see some of his, because I think he's going to be doing probably a few more gifts on Ghost of Tsushima, he is at, at Sun Hill Legend, or Sun High Legend. So it's S-U-N-H-I Legend, basically. So check him out on Twitter. I think he will probably come out with some other cool strategies. And it's neat to see what other people are doing. Like, I've come up with a, a couple of my own. The stance that makes you good against people with spears has a kick, and it kind of pops somebody up in the air. And yes. you also have a concentration move where you can slow down, like, your aiming and your shot of your bow. And you get explosive arrows eventually. So I'll let your mind kind of fill in the blanks there as far as mm -hmm. what can happen next. Oh, yeah. I did try to kick somebody off a cliff, and I got it on the stream, and it didn't work. I think it was on episode three, so I haven't done highlights for it yet. But that'll go on the highlights for sure, because it's dumb. You can kick <laughs> probably somebody off of a regular cliff, but because I was basically at a barrier to the island, like if I were to go off the side, it would just instant kill me. Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't let him. I kept kicking him, and he kept bouncing off of the air and coming Ooh. back towards the land. And I was like, that's lame. Let me kick this guy off the island. That didn't work out so well. But other than that, the, the game is great. The combat is amazing, and it just keeps getting better. The game does a really good job of when you don't make a mistake, because occasionally you'll make a mistake and things can go south really fast. But if you go in, you have all these tools in your arsenal, it's really good to kind of flow in between them. And it does a really good job of making you feel like a badass when, you, when things go correctly. You know what I no. mean? Yeah. And it's not like it's the only game to ever do that, but I do feel like it's very fluid and it allows you to improvise. Also, it's really funny to walk into a group of enemies that are already fighting like a bear or something because bears fling enemies like 10 feet in the air and it's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, and Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima, I recommend it so far. Going to be checking it out some more this week, of course. Yeah, and that's a Sucker Punch, right? Yeah, yeah Sucker Punch. They did Sly Infamous. Cooper and Infamous. Infamous is what they've done most recently. So, it's nice to see them doing something different. Yeah. Like, it's still an open world, like Infamous, <clears throat> but it's definitely a little bit more serious and story-based. And I, Gene, as a character, he's... I'm not going to say he's a wet blanket. Like, he's not as bad as, like, say, the lead character of, like, Dragon Quest XI. <laughs> like, he has some emotion. And they even explain why he pulls some of his emotion back. But the show definitely goes to the supporting characters. So the other people you go around to recruit to help you try to rescue the island. The main bad guy, Koten Khan himself, he's got a lot of charisma. So if you're going there for characters, it's it's everybody that kind of surrounds Gene, and Gene is that stand-in for you as a player with a little bit of personality. Like he, I like that they keep flashing, flashing back to his youth, and there's little moments of uncertainty and vulnerability as he speaks, and he tries to change what he believes in order to achieve his goals. Because it's really ingrained in him to look an enemy in the eye when you kill them and to fight mm -hmm. with honor. So all of this sneaking around stuff really doesn't play to his strengths. And to be honest, as many stealth tools as you receive in the game, it is still more satisfying to just roll up in a camp and go bring out your strongest dude and take them out with like a single strike. Right. And then launch into like full on battle. That's I definitely the, the it. Oh, it's good. It's good. I think you're gonna enjoy it. I really don't let me borrow have to let me borrow it. Oh for sure. Yeah. You got it, man. We can swap Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. I, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Maybe I can do Last of Us after I finish uh, finish Ghost. I'll slide that into my mainstream time slot. So, Man of Medan, 
played that last night because today's Saturday of, as the time of recording. So for Friday Night Frights, you did you pop in a bit for last night? I don't remember if you did or not. No, I didn't. I didn't pop in because I want to be fresh when I go into that game. Okay, yeah, I know. I saw that you said you wanted to play it with Vicky. I think it would be really fun co-op. There's a big slow period in the middle. Like it starts off with a prologue, kind of explaining the origin of the ghost ship that you spend most of the time on, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool. It's interesting, and it gives obviously it tutorializes a lot of the different you know interactables and in the way that you do mini games and, and quick time events and there's some definitely scary bits in there and then you spend a long time getting to know these characters the one thing that i don't like about man of medan or maybe don't like as much as i did about until dawn is the writing of the characters is really oh, bad no. it's bad they're all like, every single one of them is a major nerd not even ones that are not supposed to be nerdy they're, they're just all really awkward and the things they say don't flow naturally and none of them are really likable. Like, I like the captain of the ship, of the, the the small boat that they're out on when they first start their adventure. But mainly just because she's cute. I think she's uh, from Trinidad, from her Ooh. accent. Yeah, I'm not really sure 100%, though. But yeah, eventually you... you I'm not going to ruin the, the, the gameplay or the plot too much. But eventually you, you have a run-in and you end up on that ghost ship. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, where most of the game will probably take place. And then it's Boo Haunted House, like jump scares all over the place. So there'll be a supercut of me. You can already watch the full episode. I think I played for almost three hours last night. But there'll be a supercut of me just <laughs> just for for three hours. So that that should be fun. But I, I enjoyed it. I don't re- I don't regret buying it, and I'm still looking forward to the second game they release and that Dark Pictures trilogy that they're planning yeah. on doing. Which I think the second game is actually. They're planning on releasing it sometime this year, or at least they haven't announced a release date, but they're aiming for this year. So okay. don't quote cool. me on that. Maybe Google it. But it's coming out yeah. sooner than you think. Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be out three years from now. It's it's I'm sitting right in front of the internet. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> so for the new game, or like a, a blind play, on Wednesday I tried out Darksiders Genesis. Have you played that yet? Yeah, I actually got it on the uh, eShop. How much was it on the eShop? Uh, I think I paid full price, 40 bucks for it. Okay. Yeah, it's even cheaper now. I, I think I saw it on go on sale recently at GameStop for like $16.99. Mm. Something like that. But um, I enjoyed it. I really did. I, I went in expecting a dungeon crawler because that's the camera right. point of view. And it, I don't know what your opinion of is of it, but it felt just like a, a any other Darksiders game, just with a different perspective, as far as yeah. traversal and the items you get and all that. Yeah, I feel the same way. Cool. What, what did you think about? Because this is probably the only one gripe I have with the game, but I know. What did you think about switching between characters and getting on and off your horse? I think that it could have been a lot smoother. Right. But for what it is, I accept it, and the combat and everything is good, but. Like I say, it's just it's a little janky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, frame rate dips. Yes. When there are a lot of uh, on switch, enemies on screen. Yeah, on the Switch, definitely. Yeah, it's I'm enjoying it so far. I think I kind of put it down mm-hmm. for. Jesus, it's been a couple months now, but yeah. uh, I would yeah, I would keep playing. I just plain don't have time right now. Uh, right. So I might eventually slide it into a main slot, or maybe make one of my uh, stream days, you know, for a game to kind of continuously finish. I did pledge last night. I think I'm going to play Man and Medan again this Friday. I'm going to try to finish that game on Friday Night okay. Rice. Yeah, I'm that I'm that into it. So. Dope. Yeah, 
the fact that they give you a horse to run around with is really cool and you can attack from your horse but yeah you can't jump it's awkward to jump off of it like there's a transition time that is just it's not like it's five seconds or anything but it's just one second too long it should be yeah instantaneous like you should almost be able to combo out of it you know what i mean yeah and i also feel like it's a game that's better played co-op you know what i, got I really want to play a co-op i got that vibe maybe you and i should do it sometime yeah yeah i i, I think if we can find a way to line up our schedules, you and I can play it. Maybe I can stream that. Yeah, because I, I don't know about you, but with the amount of time that I have to play games now, I throw them things on easy mode. Oh, you do? I do it. I do I, it. I have no shame. I, You know, it's, it's not about shame for me because I definitely don't mind making things easier for me. And I remember when I was younger, I used to automatically play on the easiest mode and then just work my way up. And mm-hmm. then... I got shamed in college for doing that. I was playing Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance. Or no, just Metal Gear Solid 2. There was no substance about it. It was the original one that first came out. Because it had just come out. Somebody noticed I was playing on very easy. Like, you're playing on very easy. And I'm like, Um, no, man. Nerd. Now, eventually, on that game, you do need to play every difficulty mode. Because you're searching for dog tags that get you extra items. Like, you Mm -hmm. get so many on easy up through normal in the tanker episode. And you can use, you know, the stealth camo. And the bandana that gives you infinite ammo. But that's besides the point. After that, I started playing everything on hard first. Like, I just jumped straight into the hardest difficulty that I could. And played like that for a while. And nowadays, I just start on the default. I'm like, whatever difficulty they think is meant for people to play originally, I'm going to start with that. And that seems to work out okay. Occasionally, if a game is too easy or too hard, I'll tweak it from there. I don't mind tweaking, like, Uh, Mm mid-game. But I, I find... That the recommended difficulty is where I try to stick with. We had this conversation about War Groove and how hard it is, but I'm like, I'm on the mm-hmm. default. Dif- and and sometimes a game will give you descriptions with the difficulty, and War Groove literally says how this game is meant to be played. I'm like, you motherfuckers, right? Because <laughs> it just yeah. it made me feel extra bad that I was having a hard time with it. But uh, I did the same thing with The Last of Us too. I played it in the default normal mode. And then after a few hours, I was like, you know what? I just want to beat this mm. game. So I just put it on very easy. What is it? Uh, resources abound. Right. So I can just roll through guns blazing. I can stay in one room inside of a clicker-infested building and pop one clicker in the head, and then they all start running towards me, and then I just shotgun them all. And then I can move on to the next thing. Because it, it's my anxiety will not well, let me. Yeah. Brother, <laughs> at the end of the day, you bought it to have fun with it. It's for entertainment. Right. Play it how exactly. you want to play it. I don't like when people try to shame people. And I should have had the wherewithal back in my early 20s to go, whatever, man. But I was like, oh. <laughs> but, I mean, play the I game still, how you want to play it. Yeah. You know? If if you if you cheat, if you alter the game, if you alter the difficulty, if you mod it, whatever you want to do, if you're having fun, that's the point. Now, what I do not endorse, and I'm pretty sure you don't either, is cheating when you're playing multiplayer. Oh, yeah. That, that I play a lot of sick. Grand Theft Auto where people were able to, like, cap me from, like, six blocks away. Like, Grand Theft Auto 4 online. I was like, how are you mm-hmm. doing that? I remember one particular bad online play session at Grand Theft Auto 4. We were getting sniped so far away we didn't even see the other guy. And yeah. the guy on the chat was like, I hope you guys learned something from this play session. And I was like, <laughs> no, because you didn't teach us anything. You just mercilessly beat us silently and then decided to say some snarky shit at the end. like that soured my taste for playing online i'm i'm up for playing online if i have a community and some friends to play a game with but i don't just go like blind multiplayer because 
there are some people who buy that one game and that's all they play and then you get on and it's like mike tyson fighting a baby and right i don't want to be that baby so (laughs) i'm good i'm fine i'm my i found my my mode for fun and it's it's what i'm doing now so dope but yeah monday for brawlers i did what i I followed through and said i was going to start the dynasty warrior series and play through so i was on dynasty warriors 2 nice and i it would have been more of a surprise if i had not popped in that game somewhat recently like like within the last year but that game is so slow when you compare it to dynasty warriors 8 or 9 so Mm -hmm. slow and there's like a thick fog, so you can't see too far. The camera is almost angled yeah. downwards, so you can't look up. You can't even control the camera, which I forgot about. Ugh. Yeah, it kind of slowly follows you, and you can you can hold guard to center it behind you. And the combos, like I was playing as John Wei, which is my favorite character. That's the, the first one I ever chose when I picked that game up. John Wei, which, uh, which character is he? John Wei is a retainer or close bodyguard of Cao Cao. He's the ball guy with the bull axe and the horse gotcha. for a shield. Yeah. John <laughs> Way shall prevail. And in real life, or in the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, because again, it's it's a romantic retelling, so who knows if it's even real then. But right. he died fairly early on, assisting Cao Cao from escaping from like a treacherous attack at this castle of one of his uh, relatives that he was visiting for troop support. Mm-hmm. So he like he basically took a bunch of arrows and gave his life. But in Dynasty Warriors 2, he's at Wuzang Plains fighting Juge Leong. Yay. So I actually finished his Muso mode for the stream. In the beginning, I was like going through and killing all the generals and kind of playing the the game way it was meant to be played. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed, and he's a little bit leveled up because I still had a save file for Dynasty Warriors 2 and he had some stats that I stacked onto him. So I was able to kind of run through pretty easily. I even beat Lubu. At the the battle, it's uh, Lu Boo. You have to run. I didn't run. Right. <laughs> he did give me a little trouble because I mean Lu Boo is still powerful, but I I right. beat him. And then I was like, I was looking at the time. It was like a half hour in, and I was like, I bet I could beat this Muso mode, this story mode. So I did. I went all the way through. So you get to see like from start to finish of Dynasty Warriors two what it's like to beat as a single character and see the ending and all that. So. Yeah, so Dynasty Warriors 3 will be on Monday. That's one of my favorites. Dynasty Warriors, the leap from 2 to 3 was pretty impressive. They added in items and extra missions and all that. It was really good. So yeah, I think that covers all the games that I played this week. But man, oh man, are there some awesome deals that I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. well, I'll, I'll let you go first, because you had mentioned the summer sale. PS4 has that summer sale. You seen anything interesting on that that you wanted to bring up? or? Yeah, so like I said, I picked up Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle on the summer sale, and it is actually only $4.79, $3.79 if you have PlayStation Plus. So I figured... Blaze uh, Blues, hold on. (laughs) Buying that. Okay, just notating for myself. Yeah, I'm a big fan of physical media, so if I can find the physical version of a game, I will over the digital, but when it's that cheap... Why not? I ha- I have to. Like, I've literally it's... bought games that were five dollars or less that I already had the physical version of, just so I didn't have to diss one. <laughs> right, and that makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a there's a few games on there that are only like three dollars now. So uh, Battlefield One is three bucks. Wow. Metal Gear Solid Five, Ground Zeroes is three bucks. Some of these um, they've given away for PlayStation Plus, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and there's this there's a 
good amount of deals on this the summer sale just not not enough for me another one that i am debating picking up is the unravel yarny bundle and it comes with un- unravel one and two mm-hmm. for 8.99 Okay. And that's a game that's uh second game is co-op. I don't know what the first one is, but that's a game that me and my wife plan on playing through. Awesome. But yeah, that's about all that I saw. Yeah, that as far as far as that summer sale, there were a few notable things. Uh, Maneater, which is that game where you play as a shark, that recently came it. out. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. already budget price. I think it came out at forty bucks, but it's ten bucks off, so you can get it for thirty now. I think um, I'm gonna wait on that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out though. It looks fun. Like I played the original Jaws on PS2. Playing as a shark is like. I mean, just like you think it would be. It's fun. <laughs> Resident Evil 3 Remake is 40% off, so that's like 35 bucks. That's not too bad if you plan on picking that up. I was seriously considering it. Shenmue 3, as bad as people say it is, if you if you like that kind of schlock, it's 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of that are half off that came out in the last year or so. So Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, Outer Excellent Worlds. Game. Oh, yeah. Outer Worlds, Indivisible, Code Vein, Dragon Quest Builders 2, Judgment, which is that game from the Yakuza guys, mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2, Divinity Original Sin 2, Dragon Quest 11, they're all half off right now, all of them. So if you haven't picked up any of those yet, now might be a good time to do it. And then A Plague Tale is 66% off, which I hear is really good. I'm so interested in playing that. Yeah, I, I you know, honestly, considering the sale right now, I'd go ahead and pick it up. I think you, I think you'd probably dig it. Call of Cthulhu is 75% off. I'm kind of like, yeah, it might be interesting. I really enjoyed Sinking City, which I think is probably better than Call of Cthulhu, but who knows. And Vampire, which is a game I've been eyeballing for a while, that is 80% off. You can get that for like Ooh. 11 bucks. I think that's worth it. Yeah, no, I, I play. I played a little bit of it. It's a it's a little janky, but it's got a nice uh, morality system in there with the... Because the thing with the main character is he's a doctor, but he's turned into a vampire. Right. So he has to decide whether or not he wants to feed on people or Save them. help heal people. Mm. So it's a very good back and forth that he has with himself internally. But Yeah, and it sounds like the gameplay opens up for a lot of divergent paths if executed right. Is it executed pretty good Like as far as how he's received and the choices, the impacts of the choices he makes? I only played it for a few hours, so I can't speak to the impact of the choices. But okay. uh, I know that certain choices will open up you know, probably different paths in the skill tree and uh, certain characters will be there for later missions that can help you. But if you feed on them, obviously they're not going to be. Uh, oh, and I almost forgot. Control, which is one of my top 10 games last year for 2019, mm-hmm. is 65% off. And the DLC that's coming out here in a month or two is also on sale. Might yeah. not be a bad idea if you like the game and you haven't picked up the DLC to do that or to go ahead and pick up the game because it's 65% off. That is completely worth it. That's yeah. a game I left that, that I've enjoyed. <laughs> I left that game so confused after I beat it. Yeah, me so too. hopefully the uh, DLC will uh, shed some light on what was actually going on. Yeah, I hate when games do this, but I think Control is going to be one of them. I think they're going to leave a little bit of resolution and expansion of, of things they couldn't fit in the main game. They're going to put that into the DLC. Which yeah. means we may get more Lovecrafty and weird monster battles and stuff like that, which I'm I'm there for. I was right. there for originally. Um, and the ending was kind of cool. There were some set pieces at the end I really enjoyed. Oh yeah, that that that, that was called the hallway set piece was amazing. Yeah, and that, that are you talking about the one where you wear headphones because you have to listen yes. to music to get yeah that shit was so dope. It was. It was. Really I was cool. like, where was this the entire game? It was a little less cool when at the end the main character was like, "That was cool," and I'm like, "Right, don't you? I say that you don't say clap that. for I me. I say that. 
Right. Because <laughs> that's just the developers writing that line. Like, wasn't that neat what we did? Shut up. Quit mugging for the camera. Right. Because so. if you're a real person going through that, you're like, that was fucking nuts. Yeah. You're yeah. not saying, that was cool. Ooh. Yeah. Wasn't that fun, guys? <laughs> Video right. games, right? We almost died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I still enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, any other deals aside from the summer sale that you noticed this week? No, nope, that's pretty much what I have my eye on. You got any... Uh, oh, wait. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, uh, to... oh, well, this sucks because it's going to air tomorrow. But today is the last day, Saturday, it's the last day for GameStop's buy two, get three free under $20 sale. Oh. Do you get anything off that sale yet? I try to, but every time I go to a store, they don't have enough of what I look for, particularly. Ah, okay. So, you know, That's I mean, fair. look for, like, Did anime. Did you order anything online, then? Or, or anything No. No, because the thing with the online is you never know if you're going to get the actual case or not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so they'll 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 just send you the generic cases and you go about have to go about your day. Oh, I thought they would tell you that in the thing. They can go straight to. Oh them, no, 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 no. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember I I got Final Fight Streetwise, which is a PS2 game that nobody mm-hmm. knows about, but I saw a Let's Play on it and I was like, this looks stupid. I want it. I want it. And I found it at GameStop for super cheap. And I was like, yes. And I got there. And they're like, we pulled all our PS2 games out of the cases. It's over there. I'm like, disc only. I hate this place. Right. It really sucks. I've seen a few GameStops that have, like, original Xbox and GameCube games. But it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It typically is. They like to throw all that stuff out. That's yeah. the time you want to be working at GameStop around the time they do transitions like transitions like that. Transitions. Around the time they do transitions like that, they uh, will throw out a bunch of stuff, and the employees basically get it. Like when they immediately throw out Game Boy Advance boxes, those savages, yeah. DS cases, they throw savages. those out. And that's another that's a tip I have for anyone that's collecting for the DS: go to your local GameStop and ask if they have any empty DS cases. Mm-hmm. With the cover art, because usually they do, and they will give them to you, depending yeah. on you know your relationship with the employees. But yeah, yeah I've gotten uh, Pokemon cases. Actually, used one Pokemon Heart Gold I got from a GameStop, just the case. And when I got it a couple of weeks ago, I was able to complete that copy. So definitely something to do if you're into DS collecting. Go to Costco, okay? And Costco. Get, go listen. Go to Costco. And get right. you a big old box of like king size Snicker bars, okay? And then find your local GameStop, and then locate your Target employee. All right, roll up in there with one of them Snicker bars. And be like, hey, you work hard. It's time right. for you to take you a break. This. You deserve <laughs> this. Give that employee that Snickers bar. They're gonna take it. And and then this episode sponsored by Snickers. <laughs> and then. And then pre-order a game that you have no that you have no intention on buying, <laughs> specifically for them. And go, hey, I'm doing this because I know that you guys got a quota, and I think that shit sucks. Right. They're gonna be so pleased with you. And then, now if you feel like you got them sufficiently buttered up, go ahead and ask for like, hey, when are you guys getting rid of that poster. But right. if not, come in the next week with another one of them Snickers bars. You ain't got to keep pre-ordering or anything. I think you've already got in with, with them, unless you have something serious to pre-order. Like, if you know for sure you're going to buy something, best thing to do is just go in and pre-order it. Who cares? Right. You help them out. Worst case scenario, it. you get something free. There you go. And then, and that's how you get in good with that GameStop employee, because they also hate it there, and they also right. hate asking you for pre-orders. 
and they hate asking you to (laughs) get in their power up rewards program that doesn't offer anything anymore yeah yeah pretty much right Ugh. yep anyways enough about gamestop they suck but they have good well one more one more thing about gamestop it's very sad the gamestop to the north of me shut down and i had no idea what and i was just upset that i missed out on what i'm sure was a great closeout sale oh yeah <laughs> you don't think they would so, just move all their inventory to other st- other stores though or do you think i guess it just it just depends because yeah. the other stores don't have room for that shit either true honestly true gotta make but, room for uh, yeah. like a 65 dollar sora keyblade or whatever it, right all they sell is swag nowadays yeah which and you know, it's, it's decent swag it. yeah i know it's decent swag and i, I kind of get it i mean you know it, it, ps5 is trying to sell a digital only system which i am not getting uh, right i mean if e- even if i wasn't interested in backwards compatibility which i am i don't like the idea of not having the choice of buying physical media because here's the thing and maybe this is just me being an old head i don't know but i don't mm-hmm. like being licensed to own a game and knowing that yeah. a company can go revoke that license or alter the deal at any time they want and that's what i feel like people or younger people don't understand about digital games nowadays is that you don't own that game. No. You don't own it. No, you don't. And it can be taken from you. Anytime they feel like. In fact, I mean, it, it, look at look no further than PT, which people didn't buy, but at the same time, you can't get that anymore. You know what I mean? They put yeah. it out there and they just took it back. They took their ball and they went home. Yeah, just to be spiteful. I still have it on my hard drive. Oh, me too. I'll never yeah. let that game. I have it on a portable hard drive, so that's. The... In fact, I think that might be an episode down the line of Friday Night Frights. I got to give Uh-oh. people what they want. I got to give them PT. <sighs> I need to look up how to play that game better because I feel like I'm always fumbling through it for way longer than an hour before anything interesting happens. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm always turning around and finding Ghost Lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you got to remember: don't turn around. Don't turn around. Do not turn around. Listen, guys. Just go through the hallway. Just keep going forward. So like life. So, <laughs> uh, trying to think if there's anything else deals wise. I know that the eShop eShop has deals every single weekend. If you are a Nintendo Switch owner and you don't already know that on Friday night or Saturday to just boot up the eShop and see what's what, you should because you're not always going to find the greatest deals, but they change their deals or update their deals every single week. They just do. However. There are some big sales going on right now that may not just be on the eShop, but I noticed these on the eShop. Tons of games by Capcom, Square Enix, and NIS, Nippon Ichi Software, for those who are unfamiliar. That's like your Disgaea's and your all your anime games. Nice. A lot of the games are 50% off or more. That includes Dragon's Dogma, like I mentioned earlier, the Phoenix Wright Collection. A lot of the Resident Evil games are like 45%, 30% off. So, again, might be a good time to stock up if you have a few games you've been eyeballing but haven't picked them up because of price. Just saying. Yeah, go for it. Definitely. Fire Emblem Warriors. You can get the physical version of that for 25 bucks at Amazon or Best Buy. I definitely recommend that game. I have poured hundreds of hours into that game. Now, again, this is coming from a Warriors Musou game fan. So if you're not into Dynasty Warriors at all, or any kind of warrior style or brawler style game, probably not going to be your cup of tea. But if you are, it's one of the better warriors games. It really is. the The marriage of Fire Emblem mechanics with a warrior style game is really good. Better than you think it would be, to be honest. Just with the pair up modes 
and the the strategy against different weapon mm-hmm. types like on harder difficulty modes and they I, I think through free dlc or it might be paid dlc they have an even harder difficulty mode where it almost feels more like a fire emblem game in that you have to really pick your moves carefully as far as where you go to attack and defend it it, it gets it gets pretty hectic so i'd recommend it for people who say that warriors games are easy try out fire emblem warriors yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll kick your ass yeah, me and Vicky are having trouble getting through some of those levels. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but it's it's fun. I love it. I really do. Celeste is only five bucks on the eShop right now, and again, I have the limited run edition of Celeste, but that's one of those games I'd consider buying just so I don't have to disc swap, right? Uh, or cartridge swap in this case. Also, Amiibo news: Zelda Amiibo and Zelda Amiibo for those are, un- are uninitiated usually go for at least fifty bucks or more when you're looking them up on Amazon or wherever. On Play Asia right now, they're all going for like nineteen ninety nine, so mm. might be a good idea to grab any of those Zelda amiibo that you haven't been able to pick up yet. Now, disclaimer on Play Asia: I've ordered a few amiibos from them. It takes a little while because it's coming from overseas, and your local post office may hold it and go, "This is too foreign." <laughs> I've had a couple of times where the post office like send me a note like, "Hey, you got to come up to the post office to pick this up because it it's from Italy and it might be a bomb." Right. All right. So that, that might cause you a little bit of an errand to run, but worth it if you can get it for like 30 bucks off, I say. Right. That is it for deals. Any any yeah. uh, neat pickups for the store this week? Anything people might be interested in checking out? Actually, today, I was mentioning earlier, I always pick up the best stuff when we're about to like on Saturday. record. <laughs> yeah, on Saturday, Saturday morning, literally. I went to a couple yard sales, and I actually picked up some vintage G1 Transformer toys. Wow. And some X-Men figures, and a Gundam figure, and some GoBots, and they've even got a Captain Planet figure in there. He's but a hero. The cra- yeah, He's right. going to take pollution down to down zero, to... is what I hear. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and the best thing I got, it's kind of a, I've got a love-hate relationship with this pickup right here, because mm. on the one hand, it is a 2002 full-blown Venom mask. I'm talking the tongue all out, the teeth are out. There's some green, like, goo on its mouth. Wow. It's still got the tags on it. Okay. Bad news is that it was from a smoker's house, and it is tinted gray. It is tinted gray. And I tried, like, washing it off with water, and it just dried up and turned gray again. Uh, I've got to look up a way to clean up latex. uh, There's probably a thing online, yeah. Listeners, yeah, I'm sure there is. If you know how to fix a latex mask that lived at a smoker's home, email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. <laughs> or just tweet it, tweet it Derek, because he's got Twitter now. Yes, I do. I do. That sucks. I, I don't understand the mindset of smokers. Because the thing is, I smoke. I don't smoke like uh, cigarettes, but I smoke occasionally. And I don't smoke on my stuff. I don't. Right. Like, I usually, I'll have, if I don't want to go outside, I'll have a room set aside or like somewhere with like a vent or a fan. I just don't sit there and smoke on my shit all the time. Right. You know what I mean? And you come over to my house. It doesn't smell like smoke. Why, no. why do people do that? It's so gross. And you know it leaves a film. <laughs> my Man, when I was a kid, my stepfather used to smoke unfiltered Pall Malls. 
which is mm. like the first cigarette I ever smoked. Because he's like, you want to try a cigarette? And I'm like, yeah. And then I threw up in the trash can because unfiltered is God. So he had just old ashtray he put on the dashboard of his truck. And just to paint a picture of how much of a redneck we really were. So he, <laughs> he would smoke and he'd put his cigarette in the ashtray. And it was always in the same spot. There was this thick black tar that like just thick tar stain that would appear on the inside of his window that we'd have to scrub off every six months or so because it just got so gross like and i'm like that's what you're putting inside of you dude and that's what you're putting all over your stuff that you decide to take in for trading at disc replay why do you do that stop smoking on your stuff people and the crazy thing is this guy was a reseller he should so it makes even less sense oh he should have known better he should get his reseller card pulled yeah, what is wrong with him? A, I don't know, man. People are, people are ridiculous. But uh, I've got all these G1 Transformers and vintage action figures that they will be posted up by the end of this weekend. Okay. On my eBay store. By the end so. of the weekend. Okay. Yeah, by the end of the weekend. We're going to have them up there ready for purchase. I might so. eyeball some of them X-Men figures, man. That sounds cool. Are they like the 80s version or what like generation of those? Oh, uh, let, let me see. I think they're early 90s, so I got like Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love those. I used to have Juggernaut. an Apocalypse and an Archangel from that from that series. I know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. They're awesome. Juggernaut, Wolverine, Cyclops. I got Captain America in there. It's a, it's a lot of cool stuff. I'm, I was very excited. I needed to get the Juggernaut and then just run around quoting My Way Entertainment and bugging my wife. <laughs> Ketchup, ain't that a bitch, motherfucker, I'm mustard. <laughs> right. <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen it, it's probably not as funny anymore, but I don't care. I love it. Look up on the Juggernaut bitch online. They did, like, dubs. You've seen cartoons where they dub over or whatever. They did dubs. My Way Entertainment did dubs over... Uh, the 90s x-men cartoon and they are so dumb he's like oh yeah my costume's so tight uh, i'm a juggernaut bitch yeah no. i'm 14 i thought that was funny so. yeah uh, i've got to interject with some sad news that just popped up on my phone no what yeah regis philbin has passed away regis philbin how old was he at 88 wow were yeah. you a regis fan man i love who wants to be a millionaire really Yes. Oh my God. I would like, I'd be sitting there, ten years old, talking about phone a friend. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's a question. It's a question. Right. It's a question. <laughs> but yeah, a moment of silence for the legend Regis Philbin. Rest in power. Uh, I just, I could, Rest in power. Yeah, I just had to bring that up. That's a, that's a big one. Yeah, well, there was there was a big death in my world recently. Um, as you know, especially if you follow me on Twitter, I'm a big lefty. Uh, Michael Brooks died, 37. He had a brain aneurysm. Wow. And Michael Brooks was big as far as progressive movements were concerned and progressive content. He worked a lot with Sam Cedar, and he'll be missed. He, I was reading a lot of inspirational stories of different you know people, even politicians, that were inspired by him, and he really had a far reach. He's a very positive dude. So, uh, again, rest in, rest in peace, rest in power, Michael Brooks. It sucks when people pass away, especially when it's suddenly. Like, not to sound insensitive, that's why I was like, how old was he? But, like, with Regis, right. he's getting older. You knew eventually he was going to come around. But when somebody my age dies, that messes me up, dude. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was born in 1983, so he already had his birthday this year. But I was 82, so I'll be 38 in a couple of months. Like, just, just mm-hmm. to be reminded, hey, your mortality, it could come at any time. Yeah, you're much older than me. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm just kidding. <laughs> quite old. How old are you, actually? I'm 30. 30? Yeah, just... I just turned 30 in April, so... Nice. 
What did you uh, end up doing for your birthday? I cannot remember. So maybe I had a great time. <laughs> did I reach out for your birthday this year? Because I feel like I'm I was very sure. distracted. I hope I did. Yeah, the thing sure is, I don't, I don't know why I don't do this. Because one day I was like, this is like cheating. I turned off the birthday notifications on Facebook so it doesn't tell me when people's birthdays are. So that way, if I remember, it's like legitimate. But then I remember uh, no one's birthday now. Right. So, yeah, I, I hope I hope I did reach out. But uh, sad news yeah. indeed. Sorry, sorry for all those out there who were fans. What are you gonna do, man? Twenty twenty. Yeah. Twenty yeah, twenty, y'all. But you gotta keep on pushing on. Gotta keep on pushing. Speaking of keeping on and pushing, in, we got gaming news. All right. So as far as gaming news is concerned, we had mentioned that last week a lot of people were resigning from Ubisoft to try to avoid consequences. I was curious, so I started reading some of the stories about the abuse at Ubisoft, and they're fucking gross. A lot of really racist, sexist, horrible shit has been going on from the top and being mm. ignored by HR. I'm not going to get into the specifics of the stories because a lot of them are kind of triggering, and I would rather people look them up themselves if they're so inclined. They were bad enough, and their response has been bad enough as far as deflecting blame. I'm at the point where I don't think I'm going to support them monetarily anymore. Now, I know people have opinions on boycotts. I'm sure you do, too. We can get into that mm -hmm. and how they don't work. And it for me, it's not about hurting them. It's just about feeling like I can't support them. You know, you, you right. get like a, like, a lot of people are like, I'm not going to buy Chris Brown's music anymore. And I'm like, yeah, I respect that. You know what I mean? Like, or R. Kelly or, you know, it just depends. I have this... I have the first season of the Cosby show DVD sitting on my shelf and I just look at it and I'm like, I don't even want to resell it. Right. But I'm like, <laughs> well, I feel bad though. Cause what he did just erased a legacy and the hard work of so many other people that worked on that show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the positive effect of that show. It's so difficult in some instances to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And you wonder even if it's a worthwhile endeavor. And there's probably a lot of really good people that work at Ubisoft, too. So, again, no shade for those who don't care or for those who want to support them anyways. Me, personally, there's enough video games out there. I think I'm done with Ubisoft. Just And, again, if you don't want to ruin it for yourself, don't go look up those stories because they're terrible. But just yeah. knowing what I know now and how I can't unknow it, I can't, in good conscience, continue to support them. That's, that's where I'm at. So. Yeah, and let's be honest. Ubisoft is a shell of its former self. You think so? I think so. That's fair. Like, they've been riding that Assassin's Creed train for a very long time, and not much has changed. We've been waiting for Beyond Good and Evil 2 for way too long. And at this point, when it comes out, you know it's going to be a monetized mess. Right. So, you know, I already wasn't buying Ubisoft stuff anyway. So, so not a hard transition for you, huh? Right. Well, you, you had mentioned there was some news about Ubisoft, that they're not going to do the $70 thing like everybody else. They're going to do $60 games for the next yeah, generation, so, is that right? Yeah, so in the fall, all the they games are coming up. out. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> as soon as Assassin's Creed Valhalla drops, like that game's going to be 60 bucks, and whatever other games that they have coming out, Watch Dogs, Legions. That's the thing. Ubisoft has so many good franchises. Mm -hmm. But... Ugh, it just sucks. It sucks to hear stuff like that. And, and what's weird is a lot of them... You know, they, the this has been developed by a diverse team with multicultural beliefs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of, and I've mentioned this previously, a lot of their games are very progressive adjacent and explore different themes. And you feel like they may have been made by or directed by people who just know better. But the way it's been governed as a company, like, it's just something I can't separate at this point, knowing what All I right. know. So. Now, will you buy their games secondhand? 
Yeah, because they won't get any money from it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That that remains to be seen. But definitely, it's kind of like kind of like the, nothing brand new for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like when, uh, like you said, separating the art from the artist. When you want to listen to an R. Kelly song now, it's like, wow, that's a really good song. But ah, he was probably talking about a thirteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really hard to separate because yeah. at this point. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm like, so what? She's young. He doesn't say that. Right. <laughs> but it is the freaking weekend, baby. And he's going to have some fun. And God now that, that carries different <laughs> connotations. So, uh, did you see that documentary? Much to my chagrin. <laughs> yeah, chagrin is a good way to put it. Yeah, I was just, I was like, no. I was so angry. Yeah. I even, like, I did that thing after you watch a particularly crazy documentary and i googled the people involved like what are they doing now those two chicks are still brainwashed and still about him or whatever and mm. i was just oh the whole thing made me sad yeah so. anyways moving on to happier news final fantasy 7 remake part 2 development in full swing According Yay! to a recent interview with producer yoshinori katase yoshinori san said that their progress may slightly drop below 100% due to COVID. Understandable. I fully anticipate that, but they're working on it. He also mentioned a couple of interesting things in the interview that we have sort of talked about before. He mentioned that Roche was supposed to be back in Chapter 14, but he was cut for time. And it seemed like that section was made for him. So the fact that he didn't show back up, they were planning on it. They just, you know, big game, all that. But expect to see more of him in the future, they said. Which, again, I was anticipating that, to be honest. That's not news to me. You're not going to spend all that time developing a character and not have him come back. Right. They also mentioned that the hand massages that you can get in Walmart, or what I like to call the hand jobs, mm. uh, couldn't go further than they did in the game if they didn't want to risk losing their teen rating. So oh, man. The uh, one of the what was it? One of the Don's people that did hand like just massaged your hand. That's about as far as we go. But come on, you played the game. We we right. watched. We basically watched Cloud have an orgasm. That's what happened. We heard it definitely. We heard it. Aerith was like, "Cloud, are you okay? Did you bust one?" <laughs> so, <laughs> a couple actually. Yeah, yeah, a couple. So, and it was interesting. I don't know about you, but I went back through to like the different levels because you have the poor man's hand massage and then the rich man's one. Mm-hmm. and they're definitely the poor man seemed a lot more painful she she was very angry right she's like why didn't you give me more money right she didn't use any lotion whatsoever just no just dry hand <laughs> massage jesus <laughs> oh oh square ouch i gotta tell you though that 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 walmart section aside from the music that was fun yeah it was really good so all right, what else we got oh man so we had some directs we had a nintendo partner direct we had the Xbox showcase, which I know you're excited to talk about. Oh, and yeah. Devolver Digital also had their kind of crazy-ass video of the year, you know, even though they didn't do it at E3. And I'll, I'll talk about that because I've looked at that extensively. So but let's start with, because it's just so small, let's start with the Nintendo. What are your thoughts? What, what's your takeaway from what Nintendo showed with their partner showcase? Nintendo decided to show their, uh, that Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne is getting a remaster. Which is cool. Yes, it's very cool. Uh, they also announced... Did they announce the release date for Shimigami Tensei 5? They put a year up, I think, of 2021, if I remember. Okay. Yeah, we've been waiting on more information on this game for... They knew they since... couldn't announce an HD re-release of Nocturne without talking about 5. They knew. They right. Knew. We've been waiting on news for 5 since, I think, the Switch release. That was about three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, they showed that little trailer with barely any 
with no context whatsoever, and then they just said, "Hey, it's coming out." And so, uh, for those who don't know, Shin Megami Tensei is the same people that developed for Persona. In fact, Persona used to be Shin Megami Tensei Persona Three. Like that's that was the full title, right? And yeah. it's its own series, but it uses a lot of the same staples. You know, the uh, the theme with like fighting gods and demons, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very apocalyptic. Usually, there's some kind of major event that happens that almost completely destroys Japan, and then the world's a wasteland of shadows and jack frosts and whoever so uh i played a lot of nocturne it's very subdued it's very chill it's very basic but it is fun and for those who like a difficult or a challenging rpg especially the classic style and you already like that persona style i think you'd be into it yeah i hope that it is different from uh shimigami tensei 4 which is just kind of you go through a dungeon but it's a first person view and you don't ever see your character really Except for when they show up on screen to talk. Four was definitely more classic, and maybe they went with that style because it was mobile, like it was on 3DS only, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the PS2 version, with Nocturne, it is it's more like Persona three or four in that you can see your person in the all the battles. It's like traditional where you can see everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 less like the original Fantasy Star style games, which I don't mind those style, but I agree with you. I kind of prefer being able to see everybody too. So right. But yeah, uh, it was a. I mean, it's a good director if you're into Shimagami Tensei. <laughs> yeah, really. The only other news I can think of is that uh, wrestling fans are going to be getting a chibi style brawler with WWE 2K Battlegrounds. It's a bunch of famous wrestlers, but with tiny bodies and big heads. Right. So, and uh, cool, I well, guess. Yeah, watching that trailer, I was like, "You guys aren't that excited to play this game." No, they didn't care. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Oh, but look, that's it's a paycheck, wrestling. so okay. get that money." Right. So Xbox, you and I have both watched this, but we haven't discussed it together. So I'll defer to you, man. I think you might be a little bit more excited than me, but I still saw some some interesting stuff. What would you think? Well, I'm excited to talk about it. I was not excited for oh. what I saw. Okay. What were you yeah, expecting? Uh, what, were, what were the expectations that were dashed? Because I had no expectations going in, to be honest. I, I didn't have any expectations either, but I think everyone in the gaming community was waiting for Microsoft to just hit a home run. With okay. the Xbox Series X, because the Xbox One was such a disappointment. And I'm gonna say a failure. Disappointment game-wise, mm-hmm. as far as first-party stuff. And what they showed here did not give me any faith that I could purchase an Xbox Series X and be comfortable and enjoy it. Ah, okay. Let's see. Well, they they started off with Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. So Halo fans rejoice. Uh, you get a lot of gameplay in that trailer. Tons. Right. It was an eight-minute gameplay. It trailer. looked pretty good for for what it's worth. Yeah, I'm not a Halo uh, fan. I, I don't really care about Halo, but I think if I was a Halo fan, I'd be excited about that game. Well, here's the thing: I'm a Halo fan. Oh, well, a couple of my then. friends are, yeah, a couple of my friends are big Halo fans. Mm. It just Halo doesn't do the same. Three Four Three Industries just has not done a good job with the property. Oh, and not as good when, as Bungie, huh? Yeah, and you know, Bungie's just left to do Destiny, which I had no interest in. But yeah, that that Destiny trailer in the direct in the showcase was a joke. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, you got ice now. Yay! Bungie's doing a Destiny. Congratulations, yeah. Bungie. But yeah, Halo just it just looked like Halo, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't excite me anymore. And they it seems like they're kind of soft rebooting it because they're bringing in a different antagonist. Which, if you played Halo 5 Guardians, you know that Cortana was uh, basically trying to start martial law on a universal scale. Ooh. And we just kind of leave off, and Cortana's not really dealt with. But now they're going into this new 
and I haven't I haven't played it. I kind of just threw it out of my mind. So maybe they did deal with her. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I just as soon as I beat it, I just kind of threw it out of my mind. But now they're switching to this new villain organization called the Banished, which I'm sure was explained in some sort of books outside of the games, which I hate when games and movies do that. They put important content in different media that you have to read or but purchase in order to, to fully do you have to read it to fully grasp it i mean I, a lot my experience i mean that, i don't know i don't know who the banished are yeah and I they'll probably explain it in the game they'll probably introduce them in the game you know yeah maybe <sighs> I, I i agree with you if they, if they do it sloppily and it is so you have to read it but i've like for example i've read the mass effect novels that were mm. written by the same people that wrote mass effect one of them gives you a little bit more backstory on Captain Anderson. It's like a prequel to the first Mass Effect. Then there's another book that like is in between one and two. And it gives you more context around the characters that are introduced and developed in the Mass Effect games, but you do not have to read the books to understand the games. However, if you do decide to read the books, you get deeper lore and a, and a more appreciation for characters that weren't developed as much but didn't really need to be. Right. And... I, I think it's kind of cool when you have adjacent media that's produced for something and you're a fan of it. You know what I mean? But I agree mm. with you. That can be handled incorrectly if it makes it like, let, let's use a, an example where it was done badly. Kingsglaive. Yeah, oh, Final yeah. Fantasy 15. Well, just Final Fantasy 15 in general right. was done badly. So much of that game's important story was, was put in that movie instead of the game. And that, I think that if they were going to make a movie, it would be cool maybe to do more of like the child stuff with Noctis or like kind of get to know the kingdom or some side stories in the kingdom. So that way you care about the kingdom more, but then yeah. put all that, the war beginning and all that stuff in the actual game. And they, right. they, they cut out too big of a chunk and didn't have enough time or didn't put enough in the actual game to where you kind of, even after you see the movie and play the game, yeah, you got more context and you definitely have stuff that you needed to know because I think the movie happens off camera in the game. You just get a call like, oh, it, our right. kingdom fell. Oh, that sucks. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I've discovered a new recipe. Right. <laughs> and they move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, Delicious. So I, I get I get that you would be leery. I, I haven't, from what I've seen in the trailer, I, I don't have any, it doesn't give me any indication they're going to handle it badly, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, like I said, it, it looks like Halo. Fair enough. So we'll we'll see where that goes. I'm gonna play it. Hopefully, it's good. Well, what do you think about the games? At least, did you see any games you're interested in in the uh, showcase? Honestly, not really. Okay. Uh, the only other game that I could say that I was interested in was the Medium. Okay, uh, that's one of the games I was interested in. Let's talk about that. So the Medium yeah, uh, looks really interesting. They had kind of a dynamic that made it seem next gen. They talked about two different worlds being rendered at the exact same time. Like a different yeah. dimension overlaid over the one that you're in, but mm -hmm. but then they just kept showing split screen. So I'm like, how does that show up in gameplay? Do you play right. the game in split screen, or do you just switch back and forth instantaneously? You don't have to wait like with the loading cuts. Like, how's that work? You know? I'm thinking it might be the split screen thing, honestly. That seems dumb. I would I would prefer that just switch back and forth instantaneously with like a button press or something. Yeah, kind of like a Gianna Sisters. Yeah, because that would be difficult. If you completely and change the environment, like load in a whole new environment, you would have to do that You know, every single time you press the button. That would either take loading time or some kind of quick cut scene. It wouldn't be that long. But the fact that everything is rendered in real time, to me, means that there may be fight sequences or just play sequences where you can switch back and forth 
maybe mid-air, mid-jump, mid-swing, mid-this or mid-that. And as you're affecting the environment, it's affecting the other side, which when you load in, you see those effects instantaneously. That, to me, does seem kind of next-gen and an interesting gameplay mechanic. Now, yeah. the story itself, we were talking about how cool Control is. This seems like Control, but even further, as far as like this whole... There's this other world that's basically made of nightmares. Maybe there's a demon there. She's got the powers to fight them, you know, because she's a medium, I guess. So I like that whole sinister kind of monster, scary nightmare aspect of it. That seems interesting. Like not a horror game, but horror adjacent, kind of like control. Right. So definitely on the radar. Yeah. That was uh, the only game though that you saw that you thought was interesting in the showcase. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. They they mentioned uh, Fable. I was never a big Fable fan. Yeah. Eh. But uh. Eh. You know, uh, I played through all three fables. I forgot them, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know fable fans are really excited though. Yeah, and good so, for them. Congratulations to you. Congratulations, <laughs> fable fans. Well, um, I, I was more disappointed with stuff. Yeah, well, than... two things I did enjoy about the the showcase. I like the fact that if not every single game, most every single game, especially I mean, if it was third party for sure, is on Game Pass, mm-hmm. and you can play on PC. With yeah. Game Pass. So if I don't want to, you're right. It didn't sell the system to me, right? But it sold maybe playing more on my PC to me. And right. there are a couple other games aside from the medium that I thought were interesting. Everwild, which was that yeah. game with the really hyper colorful art style and all the interesting, cool looking animals. I immediately thought of Avatar. A little bit. I was yeah. like, Alba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah, the giant, like mustachioed doggy character that pulled a tree down with his tail. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks interesting. I feel like there's a lot of imagination poured into that, and I have a really fun time exploring that world. They didn't show any gameplay, so right. That's my issue. Yeah, with most of this stuff. Yeah, but it, it it looks cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on it for sure. Everwild, grounded, which Obsidian is doing. It seems multiplayer based. It's the one that looked like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like all the kids mm-hmm. are really tiny in the yard. That was a, f- a funny sense. Like if you want to buy the greatest game released this year, then go get Cyberpunk 2077. But right. if you want the smallest game, I'm not really big on multiplayer or survival games online. But I like that it, it had a good sense of humor. And again, if it's something that a lot of people are playing or I can hop in as a single player into a match pretty easily, I might check it out. I don't know. I, I just thought Obsidian's making it. They have good clout with me just with, you know, by way of New Vegas and Outer mm-hmm. Wilds or Outer Worlds, excuse me. Outer Wilds is a completely different game. Right. Um, also, Obsidian's coming out with, here's interesting. Outer Worlds is to Fallout as in better than Fallout. And I feel like Avowed is kind of like their answer for Elder Scrolls. Yeah. They're, they're coming after Bethesda's properties. Pretty soon they're going to release like a demon hunting shooter. But <laughs> Avowed, like when he hold, he hold out that sword and then a spell in his left hand, I just got Skyrim vibes. I was like, oh. Yeah. This looks but again, cool. again, no gameplay. And you know what? Whatever. I'm fine with that. We have some time to look at it. And if it's on Games Pass, which it is, I, I believe, that might be something I just pick up and play on PC. So Yeah. Yeah, and that's I, as you can see, I have a lot of issues with Microsoft. But my big issue with them is that they're trying to push this new system, but everything that is coming out on it, you can play on the Xbox One or on PC. Yeah, but not everybody. Wait, all these games can be played on Xbox One? A lot of they said there's not going to be any true exclusives for the Series X for a few years. Not even the At, medium? Maybe I don't know when that's coming out. So fair. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but you gotta think about it. 
from the perspective of someone who is maybe not very PC savvy or doesn't have the money to buy and maintain a PC. Mm-hmm. You know, consoles do provide a cheaper or easier setup option. So there are, yeah. and there are Xbox fanboys out there that just want the Xbox to do well. And right. that's their system and all their friends play on Xbox. And I get that. So yeah. I agree with you as someone who has no loyalty to any of the publishers and just buys whatever system has the games on it that I want to play and also has access to play on PC. It's not yeah. selling me the Xbox, but whatever. I'm, I was interested in the games. I thought they looked interesting. But now that explains the like-dislike ratio I saw in the video. Yeah, the they just need to they need to do better because there needs to be competition. If there's no one to oppose Sony. I think that what they're doing with Game Pass, with the cross-play on PC, with cross-play in general, I think that they are starting to earn good faith. Like mm-hmm. as a as a company, I'm a little bit more softer on Microsoft nowadays than I was at when they started Xbox One. Obviously, because yeah. <laughs> PS4 is now the one that's like we don't want to do crossplay, and now they're starting yeah. to you know focus. Let but they're starting to turn that ship around too. They see which way the wind is blowing. They're like, whoa, we don't want to make the same mistake Xbox made at the beginning of this generation. Right. So I think that they're going to be fine. But I think Xbox is starting to kind of learn its lesson and is trying to explore other ways to be more accessible. And maybe they're not going to focus so hard on their console, you know, and, and, and that being the console to get versus accessibility. And right. I think Games Pass, PC, and the console, and a lot of these first-party titles just coming straight to Game Pass. I think that's and, – and, and cross-play. They're focusing on accessibility. And they even have, I think, out of all the systems, the only, like, fully uh, disability-accessible controller, if I recall. I know that others, uh, other companies are working on controllers. I mean, and obviously with the Switch, you have one-handed controls and things, so that helps, motion controls. But they're, they're really focused on making sure that you know anybody can play their games regardless of maybe disabilities that would hold them back from holding a traditional controller. So right. something to think yeah. about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the only other thing that I can think of that came out was Devolver Digital. And now you didn't watch Devolver Digital. Devolver Digital is a smaller publisher. They do games like Shadow Warrior, Serious Sam, Hotline Miami, stuff like that. Their E3 press conferences are always bananas. Usually a, a parody of the seriousness or the goofiness or the insincerity of AAA conferences. And they did one this year and it was just this wild. But they also released a free game on Steam that I think everybody listening should check out if they have access to it, Devolverland Expo. And it's a game where you basically go through the E3 building and and you solve puzzles and and do different combat scenarios and different stuff to get to their trailers. Yeah, I know it's really unique and interesting and fun, and they have some great trailers. There, There are two games that they advertise that I'm following. One of them is already released, and I recommend people check it out if they're into, you know, how it sounds. There's a game called Carrion, that is out on everything but PS4. So PC, Xbox, Switch. And it's like a 2D side-scroller. And you play as like this Cronenbergian mass of flesh and mouths. And mm. you crawl around like attacking enemies, which are just humans trying to shoot you down. So <laughs> it looks and sounds kind of gross, but it's 2D, so it's obviously not hyper-realistic. It's kind of silly. But it's just so unique trying to sneak around as a monster attacking humans, you know. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that that angle we were talking about earlier with Maneater or Jaws. So, if that sounds interesting to you, check out a trailer, maybe pick it up on Switch or or um, Xbox or whatever. I'm definitely I think I'm going to check it out. Probably it'll probably show up in a future Blind Play Wednesday episode for sure. Sweet. 
There's another game, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled O-L-I-J-A, Olija. And mm-hmm. it's also 2D with a very interesting and fluid combat and animation style. The The design is very minimalist, like kind of almost 8-bit, like you can't see people's faces. But it has such intricate and cool-looking enemy design and attacks and boss animations. It feels kind of like a Metroidvania almost and how it's approached. And I think, again, if you're into that type of game, it's something to check out. Oh. Yep. Devolver Digital. There you go. So we definitely went over time prior to editing. We're like in an hour and 20. So whatever. Let's do a long episode today. But we're at the end anyway. So let me ask you before we wrap up, though. Derek, what you feeling? I am feeling a few things. There's actually a couple of YouTubers that I want to plug. Okay. They are both anime slash gaming YouTubers. The first one is Afro Senju. That's A-F-R-O-S-E-N-J-U. And he's just, he's a 20-something-year-old guy, and he's just very, his personality is very excitable and ecstatic, and he's just so into the things that he does, and it's just so fun watching him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, it just gives me so much energy watching it. Cool. And uh, the second guy is Heavenly Controller, and he is also an individual, he just mainly does uh, reactions to anime episodes and video games and... I don't know, he's just just very interesting person to watch. That's pretty much anything with the uh, YouTubers that I watch. They're all pretty interesting personalities, and, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. that's the it. secret I... to why my YouTube channel hasn't... Uh... <laughs> that you're not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of content does Afro send you to again? Video game and anime stuff. Okay, I'll check them out. Yeah, and another thing that I am feeling this week is My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah? Which is an anime... It's a shonen anime, and it just wrapped up its fourth season, and I'm actually caught up on the manga, and oh my god, mm-hmm. if you're a My Hero Academia fan and you cannot wait for that next season, I implore you to start reading the manga because the things that are happening right now are game-changing. I say it again, they are game-changing, baby. Changing the game. And you got to get into it, man. It's so good. The thing that the author Horikoshi is doing with the story is just it's just really good it's so entertaining cool yeah i i watched the first episode of my hero academia anime because you know it got really big like a couple of years ago right and didn't really get into it i might try to give it another shot do not try to fit it into our vacation i will not okay <laughs> uh, but uh yeah you know it the concept is cool like everybody's a hero or everybody can be there's just tons of everybody has a super power superpower my my nails grow really long really fast right (laughs) isn't that isn't that like i know that's a family guy joke but isn't it true that that some people in my hero academia have powers that aren't that great they're just powers oh yeah yeah Yeah, like like i'm fish man i look like a fish right (laughs) that that does seem like it has a lot of potential for humor though so yeah there's this this one character that uh he's a pervert but he pops sticky balls off of his head okay yeah and he throws them and they stick to people so and they're just like let's get this off yeah uh, <laughs> uh my hero <laughs> but yeah that's what i'm feeling this week man what are you feeling i'm feeling a podcast that i just discovered it's it started in march and it's called unlocking us and it's by Brene brown i don't know if i mentioned Brene on the show before do you know anything about her i do not okay Brene Brown is a, I want to say she's a psychologist, but I'm not sure if that's actually accurate. I know she, I know she's a doctorate and she does a lot of research into the areas of vulnerability and shame. And a few years ago, like 
I don't, I've stopped doing therapy. I used to go to therapy before this whole COVID thing happened. And then I kind of switched therapists and like right before, and then I wasn't really vibing with that new therapist and then COVID. So I haven't been to therapy for a while, but I was suffering pretty bad from depression a couple years ago. Like it was starting to hit an apex mm-hmm. and just really trying to figure out who I was. And I think it, it was kind of spurred on by the birth of my son as well, which kind of threw me into a lot of like thinking about me being young, which is, isn't the root of everybody's problems just childhood? My goodness, man. Yeah. So my wife had a like a work coach that she was assigned by her job. Like everybody got to get like work coaches for free. And she recommended to her Brene Brown uh, a book that she wrote or like a like a series of talks, The Power of Vulnerability. And it was right around the time I was having a breakthrough about the source of my bad self-esteem, how I was always seeking approval from others rather than kind of sourcing it from within. And I, I listened to her talk and that plus therapy at the time just really made it click for me and really kind of helped me break through. And I would recommend anybody look up, like she went viral some years ago for a TED talk that she did on the power of vulnerability. So anybody that's interested and just having a really hard time with self-esteem or leaning into joy or always being like, you know, being a pessimist or having a hard time showing their emotions or opening up, I'd recommend they look her up and look up the power of vulnerability on, on YouTube. And if you like her, definitely look into her. She started a podcast in March and Her first episode was called FFT, or what she would call fucking first time. (laughs) And she thought it was a good topic to talk about because it was her first podcast. She goes, I'm going through a lot of first times right now. My first podcast, first, can't remember what else she said, but also first global pandemic. I don't know about you guys, (laughs) but it kind of sucks. And she talked about ways that you can deal with, first, like anything else, identifying that there is an issue, identifying that you are depressed, identifying that this is hard and it is a first time. Just speaking something into existence gives you power over it. She talks about that a lot lot in the first episode. So for those that are on kind of like a mental health journey or looking to grow, you know, spiritually or emotionally, I highly, highly recommend looking into Brene Brown and her stuff and check out Unlocking Us. It's on Spotify and probably all the other major platforms. It it really has done wonders for me personally uh, and my family. My, My wife really digs her too. It's not gaming related, but at the same time, you know, we get personal on the show sometimes. And I think that for anybody who struggles with depression or not feeling uh, like they're enough or their emotions in general, I think they they could probably learn a lot from just listening to her and all the research that she's done over the the past couple of decades. So dope, man. Yeah, Yeah. it's important to get your mental health in in check. Get your mind right, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is the show. So let's sign off now. If you like what you're hearing, you want to hear more, where can we follow these guys? We got Twitters, y'all. You can follow me at Twitter at MikePetersonAL. You can check out my YouTube channel where I archive all my Let's Plays and my newly minted highlight videos. They're a little bit shorter if you don't want to watch a video for an hour or two. At MC Paperstacks Plays. You can also go straight to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash MCPaperstacks. I am streaming seven days a week, y'all. I'm talking Tuesday, Ooh. Thursday, Saturday, 8 to 11. That goes to Tsushima, okay, or any other main game that comes out. I'm going to be sliding into that slot, baby. We got Mondays and Wednesdays starting at 9. Mondays, we're doing them brawlers. We're doing them beat-em-ups, okay? Wednesdays, it's just a brand-new game I ain't never touched before. Fridays, Friday Night Frights starting at 10, scaring the crap out of myself for your entertainment. You're welcome. Check out the most recent episode, Man and Medan. It's 
a little bit longer than usual. I ended up playing it almost three hours instead of my usual hour. <laughs> Had that much fun with it. Sundays, doing The Witcher at 7. Still still playing through that game. Getting, getting a decent ways through. And then, of course, you can check out our future podcast uploads. We are going to upload every single Sunday. Occasionally an extra episode if we do a spoiler cast. Our hub is at anchor.fm slash player2 has entered the pod. Feel free to visit. If you feel so inclined, you can donate to the cause. That helps us out tremendously. We're available on Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also email any comments, suggestions, complaints, whatever you want, to mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And, of course, if you're on Facebook, you can check out a local group I run at facebook.com slash groups slash indie gamers. No, you do not have to be from Indiana to join it, but definitely shoot shoot me a message. I've had some people want to join recently, but like said, all they want to do is advertise. I'm cool with that if you're a developer, but just make sure that's not all you want to do. You know, it is a social group. Don't spam me. <laughs> what you got, Derek? All right. Uh, you can check out my store website at GamerGoodiesAndMore.com, uh, my eBay store at eBay.com slash STR slash GamerGoodiesAndMore. You can follow me on Twitter at Goodies underscore more, and my Instagram is GamerGoodiesMore, and I'll be posting stuff. I try to post once a day at least on my social media pages and be on the lookout for those transformers and x-men figures that'll be showing up by the end of the weekend hell yeah all right man well thank you always for coming out and listening we really do appreciate you especially our listener in dublin (laughs) yeah we hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend take care peace